Charles didn't have just any coronary artery disease. He had Charles's coronary artery disease. Michelle didn't have just any heart attack. She had Michelle's heart attack. At VCU Health Poly Heart Center, we know every heart is unique. And as Virginia's only nationally ranked heart program, we'll keep them beating healthy and strong. VCU Health Poly Heart Center. Learn more at vcuhealth.org heart. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short, is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing, advertising trends, and get real about women in business. Our mission is to network, to foster leaders within this exciting industry, and to share information to make our work stronger. That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim.com. Ava Donaldson is an influencer manager at Google who oversees the Google Pixel Ambassador program. Prior to Google, Ava had a social and influencer marketing consultancy with clients such as Dr. Paracone and Y7 Studio. She got her start in the world of social, working for Hannah Brofman straight out of Wesleyan University. Outside of work, you can find Ava documenting her nail art or volunteering on political campaigns. Ava is a powerhouse, and we are super stoked to have her as part of season three. All right. So, so happy to have you here on the podcast Thank today. Thank you so much for joining. So excited to be here. Yeah. And so, you know, we just heard a little bit about you in this intro, but tell everybody in your own words a little bit about your story, your background, because everyone comes to influencer marketing in unique ways. So mm-hmm. tell everybody a bit, a little bit about yours and how you made it to where you are today. Totally. Um, I think that everything makes sense when you look back at it. Um, hindsight is twenty twenty for sure. So at the time that I was uh, kind of weaving my way through the industry and through starting my career, it felt very disconnected and very... Um, just very random and then now when I look back it all makes sense um, I think the first kind of hiccup in my plan because I'm a Capricorn and I like to plan I'm a Capricorn too come on what, what day are, what I'm the 12th of January okay What's amazing December 31st December 31st yeah. oh you have a good birthday thank you <laughs> Thank you. There's a lot of hype about the day, so that I just think about myself. Yeah. (laughs) So Capricorn on the podcast, December 31st. So you are Capricorn. Go on. I interrupted you. I'm no, 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 not at all. (laughs) I love, I love meeting fellow Capricorns. Me too. Um, We stick together. Yes, we do. um, Yeah. So being a Capricorn and just being, I think, also the first child, I had had this plan set up um, that I was going to mirror my mom's career. My mom is um, amazing. She's one of my heroes. She. Uh, went to Yale. She's in public service. She went to law school. That's where she met my dad. And so I was like, cool, that's going to be my life too. I'm going to go to Yale. I'm going to go to Duke Law School. I'll be a lawyer and then I'll be in public service. Great. My plan was foiled when I didn't get into Yale. Um, and I ended up going to school at Wesleyan University in Connecticut, which is very, very different. It's a liberal liberal arts college. Um, and I had a meandering path. I changed my major like three times, ended up 
graduating with an Italian studies major. My parents are like, what are you going to do with that? Like, I don't get it. Found myself um, hitting up Hannah Bromfman, who um, Instagram had really just started and she was somebody that I was following, but she had a lot going on at the time. Um, It was 2013 and she had just started her first business and Instagram influencers weren't really a thing. And so I sort of just followed her blindly because I liked what she was doing. She didn't have a huge following. It was 25K at the time, I believe. Um, Started there, ended up working for her for four years. Um, Started my own social and influencer consulting business and then ended up at Google. And I've been there for two years as an influencer marketing manager. And so what were you, for four years, you were working with Hannah. So like, what did you learn the most from working there? Um, So many things, honestly. Um, I was doing three different positions. I kind of progressed forward um, every year. I started as her assistant and then I was running sales for her app Beautified, specifically within the fitness category. Um, Met a lot of my friends and um, foundational relationships through that and then started HB Fit, which is her platform for health, beauty, and fitness. So um, I think that I learned the most that I could be adaptable um, and I could take on any challenge and execute on it. So And so that's a great learning for sure. (laughs) And, you know, talk about being adaptable. I mean, you, you know, started your career path with this very set goal in mind, like I'm going to go to Yale. Mm -hmm. Um, What was it like when you found out that you didn't get in? Yeah, it was, I was pretty distraught because that was just always the plan. And again, Capricorn stick to the plan. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? And so when I I got into Wesleyan, I really thought that it was going to be a launch pad for Yale. So my thought was, okay, cool. This wasn't the direct plan, but let me just go to Wesleyan, try it out. And I can probably just transfer. And then I went there, met my best friend on the third day of school, met all of these amazing people that are still my people. And that was it. It was the right place for me. Yeah. And so, you know, what could you tell anybody listening Mm -hmm. you took from that experience? Because I'm sure people listening can certainly relate, like whether they're Capricorns or not, but having a plan, like having a dream and having it not necessarily pan out. um, What would you tell people listening? Yeah. Um, I think it's okay to um, feel upset and it's okay to feel whatever like that gut feeling is, but then you have to get over it and you have to accept the situation as it is and move on for forward from it. And, you know, if it's meant to be, um, I think there's a tension between like fate and kind of just waiting for things to happen for you and making it happen. And I find myself challenged by finding the balance, but, um, you know, you do all you can, you work as hard as you can and things will happen for you that are meant to happen. Definitely. But I, I, I love that about you because what I hear is uh, what I hear is you know someone with a lot of fortitude and like a lot of drive but also you know open to what comes your way yeah Um, and like taking that and running with it and that's been I think again it's it's been a hindsight is 2020 thing and something that I've learned as I've gotten older is the acceptance part of it and especially that you can only show up as yourself and also control your own actions definitely that's true (laughs) that is very very true Um, and so you are working at a company that you know currently you're at Google Um, people listening are probably so intrigued to hear 
hear all about Google yeah. and like your experience there and like people just they like fantasize what Google is like um, I'll speak personally yeah. I think it's so cool um, and so talk to us a little bit about you know first of all how Google got on your radar in the first yeah. place yeah well it's funny that you say that because I was one of those people that was like Google just seems like the mecca like the ultimate place to work but again my background was in startups and I felt like the only way to break into Google was having an MBA or you know going right out of college they have a program called the APMM program that uh, is for college students um, just about to get out and so I was like okay there's a path in that is very clear and I don't fit into that what that path was Um, and it's funny because I met um, a friend of mine Betty Ann I was working at Google for quite some time and I met her in 2014 and I just I latched onto her I was like I don't understand like how you get in this place and like I need to ultimately and she was working on Google Hangouts at the time and that kind of evolved to Google hardware and she actually called me um, three years later and was like I think I have a role for you so for me it was and with anything in my career it's been people driven and people first so she brought me in and and that was that was it that's incredible Mm -hmm. and so just working your network and just like continuing to probably ask a lot of questions of her to learn about it to see if it's the right fit for you persistence Mm -hmm. and just finding the right fit the right time it's all about timing yeah for sure and I was really really bullish about getting in in 2014 and just like you know it's it's what I was saying earlier it's like you can work it to a certain point and then you've just got to let the universe do the rest so that was it was serendipitous timing and it was the right time for me in 2017 so I've been there ever since Amazing. And so talk to us about the transition into starting at a company like Google from a startup (laughs) life. And what did that look like? Oh, my God. Yeah, to be totally honest, it was really tough for me. It took me a full year to transition over. It was such an adjustment coming in from startups um, to a place with uh, process and frameworks and the all of these like acronyms that I didn't know, like what any of them meant. And so I'm like, the first day, they're like, oh, what's your LDAP? I'm like, what is an LDAP? What like, is what an LDAP? Mean? I have it's no your idea. Email. It's like the first part of your email. Why don't they just say email? <laughs> because you know what is a funny thing? Google is so quirky. And yeah. so they just need to like put their unique spin on everything. Yeah. So yeah, honestly, it took me a year. And you know, we were chit-chatting about this earlier, but travel is a huge part of my job. And so adjusting to being on an airplane, like three times a month is a huge adjustment from somebody that had never really traveled before for work. Um, so, so that element definitely took getting used to. Yeah. And so how, how do you incorporate work-life balance into a role (laughs) that you're traveling three times out of a month? Like three, is it three weeks out of a month or, you know, is it just, it really depends on what the point of the year is. So I work on Google hardware. And so our crazy time is usually in the fall Mm -hmm. when we're kind of executing programs and events, but I find that even in like my off season in quotes, like I'm still going to California at least one week out of the month Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes jetting to other places for an event or for a meeting or what have you. So 
And so you're based here in New York and you're traveling all over the world though with your job. And so like, do please talk to us a little bit about work-life balance and how you've been able to, or are continuing to work that out for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a work in progress for sure. It's something that I personally struggle with, um, switching off for sure, especially when my team's on the West coast. And so oftentimes I'm answering emails till 11 or midnight. Um, and that's not from any internal expectations, but my own expectations that I have for myself. Um, so it's definitely a challenge. So I think that especially with the travel meditation has been a huge part of keeping my anxiety at bay because anxiety is definitely there all the time. Um, and, and also just having a routine that I am very staunch about in terms of working out and eating right. Those things are, are things that I definitely maintain when I'm traveling. And that just helps me like feel like a sense of continuity, even when I'm going from city to city. I can imagine. Mm -hmm. And you know how important it is if you're really, truly traveling that much, Mm -hmm. like that's a lot. It's a lot. That is a lot. And so, you know, did you know that this role was going to be so travel heavy? I didn't. It kind of evolved. Um, When I first started, uh, definitely around like our launch times, there was a lot of um, events and movement, but this role has kind of expanded and influencer has really become like an always on strategy. So that just means that there's always a reason for me to be on a plane, Mm -hmm. Um, which it's, I think it's good. Um, I really, I really actually like it. It's Mm -hmm. just the adjustment of, of being in the air all the time. Yeah. And so, you know, talk to us a little bit about your role and how, you know, your role with Google works in influencer marketing. Yeah, absolutely. So um, influencer marketing is something that the company, much like the rest of the industry and other companies are trying to figure out. Um, We've come a long way in the past two years in terms of like setting up systems and processes and all of that good stuff. I would say that my team is, we're just a few of the um, influencer managers across the company, but we definitely have, in my opinion, the most developed uh, strategy and robust program. Mm -hmm. Um, So we manage a lot that I say we, and I mean um, myself and my manager. Um, So between the two of us, we run all the programs around celebrity, YouTube, influencer, micro-influencer, events, partnerships. And so it's a very very expansive um, and a lot of work for two people for sure. And it's definitely grown in the past few years as influencer, as an industry becomes more and more robust um, in terms of like establishing different levels that we're activating at. And so do you guys also work with agencies uh, for your influencer marketing work? And how how does that work with your team internally and outsourcing certain work that you do? Yeah, absolutely. I guess in a sense it's outsourcing, but it doesn't feel that way. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah we definitely work with agencies. We have a ton of partners um, in the mix, especially because um, there's so many different elements, even beyond influencer marketing in, in my larger like U.S. marketing team. Um, so a lot of agencies to coordinate around um, and and a lot of people to keep up to date and keep in the loop. But I would say that kind of the way it works is the internal team set the strategy. And I think as we've learned a ton over the past two years doing this, like we have a lot of opinions internally about how things should go and the best way to do things. Um, and so I like when an agency challenges that um, and comes back with fresh ideas because um, that's what their job is. Is. 
Um, so I think we rely on them a lot in terms of like relationship management and, and helping us with decks and, and ideas and stuff like that. But really, I think the benefit of working with agencies is um, the fresh perspective that they bring. Definitely. And so talk to us a little bit about some of the best talent you've worked with. You don't need to name drop. You can, of course, if you like. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, what have they brought to the table that have made it a particularly successful <laughs> partnership for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll talk specifically about somebody um, that I think is one of our shining examples of partners. Um, his name is Jerome Lamar. He's a dear friend of mine. He's a New York City creative director, um, stylist, and just all around, like, amazing brain um, and he is in our influencer program for pixel and the reason that it works is twofold one is the authenticity side of it he's genuinely a pixel user and has been since the beginning so he was just a really natural fit for our program um, and two is just the like tangible enthusiasm he brings to all of his posts and all of the campaigns that we do with him the events he just like has this infectious um, amazing energy and and people do truly associate him with Google Pixel because of that mix of things. Mm-hmm, definitely. I mean, to find people who really genuinely live yeah. and breathe your brand, I mean, that is that is so important. And when it comes to Google Pixel, there's some competition out there. Absolutely. And so to find people who, like, no, they are Google Pixel users, like, tried and true, um, I mean, those people are going to be your biggest cheerleaders, exactly. the most hardcore users. Exactly. And in terms, just going back to like bringing fresh ideas into the folds, like Jerome is frequently partnering with other brands and he really tries to tie everything together in a cohesive way. So he'll always approach us with ideas and partnerships and concepts that he wants to execute that he think would work for the phone. And so we really appreciate that because that's honestly just ties into the authenticity piece of it. Yeah, absolutely. And so talk to us about, you know, from the additional influencers, you know, Um, who are you guys trying to reach? I mean, for other brands that are listening that are, you know, similar in that it's a wide sweeping variety of people that they'd like to reach. I mean, yeah. Google would like to reach everybody. Exactly. I'm sure you guys, to a certain extent, break it down, of course. Mm-hmm. So um, how do you go about selecting influencers in the first place? Totally. Well, it's funny because um, Google has an insane awareness as a brand, but Google Pixel does not. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a huge barrier for us for sure and as you mentioned we have a ton of competition so that's definitely something that we keep in mind for us we're super targeted we have like a really distinct demo that we're going after so it's not just like millennials but it's like many clicks down from that in terms of like what they're passionate about what their buying habits are and that's honestly like our guiding light and our saving grace because everything that we do ladders up to that like demo of people and it's for them because we know like people are loyal to their devices like a certain percentage of the market like is loyal to their iPhone is loyal to their Samsung is loyal to their Huawei like well globally and we know that that's that pixel is not for them and that's totally fine and we're not trying to reach those people mm-hmm. we're really trying to reach down that like clicked down 
demo. Definitely. And so what have been some of the learnings that you and your team or your agency partners have really taken away from, you know, either successful partnerships or partnerships you're like, okay, this is a learning opportunity and we will not recreate this again. Yeah. There's, I think there's two key ones, honestly, there's a ton. Um, but the, the, one of the main ones is, is understanding, helping the rest of the company understand the value of working with influencers versus professional photographers, for example, we're a capture device and so content is king for us and making sure that um, everybody's clear because everyone's excited about influencers at Google and beyond and everyone wants to plug influencers into everything and sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Like if you're doing something that is above the line, that's like ATL and you want a really specific type of content, it probably doesn't make sense to use an influencer because their value is in obviously the distribution on their channel but also like their unique aesthetic so fundamentally asking them to like go against that and create this type of imagery that you're looking for that's like very specific and maybe outside of what they do is not going to work for anybody for sure and just like sort of just recognizing that acknowledging that is a huge learning yeah absolutely um you know what about uh what about work ethic of you know i don't know how in your specific role how close you are to the influencers themselves like are you ever communicating with the influencers directly and so you know what do you appreciate that an influencer themselves can bring to the table of a partnership like this Mm -hmm. it's a really fine line i'm definitely super close with a lot of our influencers as i mentioned like they're at every level so it's kind of just kind of depends on the touch point but people like jerome have become like dear friends of mine um, from working together and again it's a fine balance like on the one hand you want people to bring concepts and, and ideas but on the other hand like i think that um it can get a bit tricky because you also want to make sure that you're representing the company in the company's best interests. And sometimes a project genuinely doesn't represent the product or isn't ownable to your product. And for us at Pixel, that's super important is making sure that everything we do is ownable to us. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that doesn't align. And I think there needs to be an understanding from the other side of like, okay, that doesn't make sense. And I get why. Definitely. And everybody has certain priorities going into a partnership. Exactly. And so to just be like very articulate about what those are so we would have a true understanding of what that is from the onset I think will alleviate so many headaches down the road for sure and also in addition on a a positive note you know just like have everybody level set and be like okay like this is what we're going into this partnership um, as and this is what we're looking to achieve so like aren't you going to be so much more likely to achieve those goals if we're just all on the same page exactly yeah exactly yeah definitely and so I don't know. I want to dig more into Google. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so like tell us as, you know, someone who works for Google, mm-hmm. um, there are, you know, business owners listening. There are, you know, folks who just want to make good recommendations to the companies that they work for. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the best things about working at Google that you wish other workplaces would incorporate into their environments? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's easy to take all of the perks for granted for sure. I mean, from everything from free meals Um, a gym on site, 
like nap pods, meditation rooms, like it's really amazing. But I would say that um, the biggest benefit of working at Google is all of the internal resources and the prioritization of like personal growth and development. So there are internal tools and classes that you can take that are like meant to grow you personally. Um, They have an amazing program called the Marketing Academy at the University of Pennsylvania that's a two-week intensive marketing program that um, you're allowed to take and take that time off without vacation, which is incredible. So I would say like there's a lot of things at the actual office that help you on a daily basis, like maintain the work-life balance and and give you that uh, that sense of, of well-being. But it's really about like the personal development tools. For yeah, sure. that's great. Yeah. I mean, how excited I would be any more. I can imagine totally. most people would be to just be able to think about what your, you know, your growth, your growth trajectory yeah. um, and how much of a priority it seems to them to be able to like allow and I'm sure encourage yeah. um, their employees to utilize those resources. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, you know, what what about the vibe there? Like what about the, the people that, you know, Google brings in? Um, to their company, you know, is there any sort of through line there, like personality wise or background wise, or, you know, is there any sort of through line there that you could articulate as to, you know, the type of people that work at Google? Totally. Um, I don't think there is. Um, (laughs) I think that it's really a mixed bag, especially because there's so many different jobs there from engineering, sales, marketing, people ops, everything. So I don't think so. I think that as a baseline, like everybody is extremely intelligent, of course, um, which is uh, one of the biggest values of working there is you're you're just surrounded by very smart people that are leaders in whatever their field is. And that part of it is amazing. There is something that maybe some some listeners have heard about called being googly, um, which is something that you're kind of judged on. Um, And so that I think that's supposed to be a through line and maybe it is, but it's just the idea that uh, someone said that it's the idea that you are who your dog thinks you are. It's like being truly collaborative and um, thriving in ambiguity is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being a team player and making it about like the team and the team's growth and not about yourself. Mm, I love that. And yeah. so like, what are your feelings about that? I mean, do you think you're googly? <laughs> Um, I actually think I do, um, and I am. You know, someone, my energy healer actually sent this to me, um, that my personal, like, mission in life is to uplift the uplifted. And I recently realized that that goes beyond, like, the talent that you work with, and it's actually about your team. And so I try to be empathetic and thoughtful to um, the other people on my team and really understand that they are human at the end of the day and be kind and empathetic because everybody's stressed out and it's easy to snap and be passive aggressive at people. So I just try to come back to that kind of mantra when I'm in those moments. I could not agree with you more. Maybe it's the Capricorns in us, but the (laughs) background of my cell phone, I have a lot of notifications up right now, but it says work hard and be nice. Yes. Um, And just like, just in the, in the flow of a busy work day, Mm -hmm. it can be hard to remind remember that but it's so worth remembering yeah you know um i mean it's so 
it's so crazy to think about the reality, which is we spend so much more time with our coworkers in a lot of instances than family, friends, yeah. like people who are blood related to us. Yes. And so to be able to foster those relationships, um, it's incredible to hear. And I would assume that, you know, people working at Google are really intelligent. You yeah. know, so you're surrounded by such such a wealth of information, mm-hmm. such driven people, um, such like just really exciting, impressive people who can mentor you, who yeah. you can grow with. And just to remind yourselves that you you probably have very, there's more similarities between you yeah. than differences. Um, and to foster the, the growth between the two of you would certainly help if you're all just kind to each other. 100%. And I'm definitely not perfect. So it's definitely like a learning process. Like I was in San Francisco last week, didn't want to be there, was just having like a super stressed week. And I like got a little snippy and I just had to return to like the fact of like, okay, zoom out, be self-aware. Why are you doing this? Where is this coming from? And realize that you're talking to another person that's probably in the same boat. So you just have to come back to that level of understanding and always zoom out. Always, Um, always zoom out. I love that zoom out. I've never actually heard that term like used in that (laughs) way. I love that. That's so good. I mean, I'm always really impressed by people who also just generally have a really healthy sense of self-awareness. Like that is such a sign of maturity um, that will help you in whatever situation you're in, (laughs) whether it is professionally or just personally, like anywhere in life to just have a moment where you can zoom out (laughs) and say like, hmm, like... I'm going to observe myself from above for a second and from the outside in and what's actually going on here. Exactly. Yeah. Just take a beat. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure that can be very helpful to people listening. And it's something that just takes practice though. It really does. Yeah. That's not easy for anybody. No. (laughs) Like no one. And it might not be easy for, you know, the first many times that you're trying to practice it. Um, But it's like you're talking about meditation earlier. Like neither is that. That's not easy for someone just getting into it. But you get into things because you know the value of them. You know how important and beneficial it can be. Mm -hmm. So keep at it. Keep practicing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that you see nuanced results, which isn't always satisfying. And you just have to understand that the benefits are cumulative and and really long-term. Like with meditation, again, like... I have anxiety and so I didn't like sitting and stewing and sitting in stillness Mm -hmm. for 11 minutes a day but I do see the benefits honestly and when I'm having I'm very impulsive and when I have moments of impulse I'm like whoa like and that's honestly been the biggest benefit yeah definitely yeah um and I also have anxiety myself I'm sure so many people listening to this podcast can certainly relate to that too and so you know talking about just like um, just a woman in business. Yeah. Um, you know, how, what other ways we've heard meditation, um, we've heard all sorts of, you know, recommendations from you, from other people on the podcast. Um, what is really, what have you learned? What has really worked for you personally to yeah. be able to cope with that and work through it? Yeah. I think I had a perception of being a woman in business that you needed to pick and choose things in your life and they had to sacrifice and of course the sense of sacrifice is there and there are days where you're consciously deciding like I'm going to stay at work and skip this dinner with my friends or this date with my partner or this family event 
Um, but you can have everything and don't let anybody else tell you that you can't. You really can. It's just finding the balance, honestly, with everything and, and also like being kind to yourself and being aware that there's ebbs and flows. Like right now, work is crazy for me. So am I prioritizing dating? No. Am I open to like meeting someone? Sure. But like, I'm, it's not a priority for me and I'm okay with that because I really just need to like push through with work and also when I'm not working want to spend time with my friends and prioritize that so it is a balance of everything but like I want to get married and have children and own a home and and everything and you can have that you really can it's just you have to find the balance I love that so much because I mean it is it's like if you want everything you'll get everything exactly you whatever you want if you want it bad enough and you're willing to work and invest the amount of time and energy into getting it yeah. I fully believe that as well like you 100%. you will get it you'll get 100%. it um yeah no I was just gonna say like my biggest honestly my biggest most recent example of that is my one of my best friends is um in her early 40s and she always wanted to have a baby and she has a business and she was always prioritizing her business and then you know it got to a point where she's like I want my baby and she has a baby and she had a baby naturally and it can, like it can happen for you. It will happen for you. A hundred percent. And also looking at it from we were talking about, you know, in order to achieve all of these things, there are ebbs and flows and there's priorities maybe at this week on this one thing, priorities the next week on the other thing. Um, so it's sort of like always just keeping in mind that it's a long term game. It's a long game. It's a long game because, you know, otherwise, especially I would speak personally as someone with anxiety, like, oh my God, how anxious I would get thinking like, oh my God, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. All these things that I want, like when is that going to happen? And just sort of like that alone, just seeing it, recognize it and being aware that it is a long game, um, that that would alleviate the anxiety knowing that like there's time for it in the future. It's top of mind for you. You will prioritize it when it's prioritizable, which probably is not a word. No, but it sounds sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. I also think like, especially as Capricorns, we don't take time to look back at our accomplishments and we truly just like barrel forward and maybe dwell in the sense of, I don't have this or haven't achieved this or like I'm annoyed that I don't have this at this point. And so also like be nice to yourself and look back at all the stuff that you've done because it I'm sure it's incredible. Definitely. Um, I can relate to that as a Capricorn, 100%. I'm sure people listening can also relate to it as well. I Maybe it is a Capricorn thing because I can say that 1,000%. (laughs) Yes. It's just, it's about the next thing. It becomes about the next thing and the next thing. And it's like, yeah. And like everything that you've achieved, like even like if it's like a monetary goal, like I want to make X amount of money one day. And then you reach that goal, then it's like, oh, well, what's next? And then it's always about the next goal and the next bigger thing and not even taking a second to appreciate maybe how far you came or Mm -hmm. how much work you put into having, you know, to get there in the first place. Yeah. And so what do do you think, you know, fully appreciating the the journey um, gives you? Mm -hmm. What do you think that gives you? I think gratitude 
and as like cheesy as that sounds yeah I think I think it gives you gratitude because when I get stressed out or I get to a certain point I'm like looking for validation for other people and actually like the, that's not important and the only thing that you need is like self-confidence and self-awareness and the ability to push yourself but also appreciate yourself and I'm definitely not good at the latter of it so and I and I'm guilty of like not taking a look back and saying like I thought that Google was like a pipe dream in 2013 and now I work here and that's amazing and I didn't know that much about like marketing or putting together like a go-to-market strategy or a plan and now I'm doing that and that's a big deal and so it's just I think gratitude is something that we should be dwelling more on um, in the sense of of finding the balance between that and then pushing yourself forward. I feel like when I'm in the best mental space I am always practicing gratitude like that is a true indicator that like I'm in a really good mental space right now and so like that should be a goal absolutely Um, and just yeah like celebrate right now like feel that right now Um, the gratitude but also like the pride that you um, should feel in your accomplishments Mm -hmm. in the journey um, because it wasn't I'm sure it wasn't easy. No. It's never easy. Things that are really worth celebrating generally aren't given to you on a solar platter. Exactly. Um, And so the hard work that was involved and the time and the energy and uh, and just, you know, having a private moment with yourself. Like some people consider it's like boastful or something. But like who says it needs to be with others? It could be. Right. (laughs) It could be. It absolutely could be. And like. It, it sometimes it should be right because um, exactly. it's that great but so many other instances it can just be you know a moment with yourself and just being really proud mm-hmm. of your accomplishments for exactly. sure um so we ask this of everybody on the podcast and i'm really looking forward to hearing your answer mm-hmm. what do you wish that someone had told your younger self that would have given you a professional or personal advantage today um i think don't worry about what other people are doing has been a huge thing. I think especially with social media, I'm so grateful that I didn't grow up with Instagram, but like so many kids do. I have a lot of cousins that are younger than me that are growing up with Instagram um, and other social media, of course, but it's easy to look at somebody else's life and think that's they're perfect. They have like this ideal situation and be bitter about that or be upset that you don't have those things, but it's not about that at all like it's really just about looking at your personal definition of success and what you want to accomplish and not worrying about other people because they have problems behind like those perfect curated Instagram photos like the funny tweet or whatever it is like they've got things that they're dealing with too nobody's perfect everybody's on a journey and it's really just figuring out like what you want and putting all of your energy into that versus other people definitely I love that so much um I'm sure that people listening are gonna have so many follow-up questions (laughs) um on a variety of different things and be really excited to get in touch with you so what's what's the best way for people to reach out to you and get in touch um honestly Instagram I think it's amazing even though it is like what I was just saying like a curated (laughs) Um, perfection thing I try to on my Instagram I'm at Ava Rose like the flower BD I try to be real and again like it's a work in progress but um, but yeah reach out to me DM me 
Amazing. Love to talk to you. Awesome. And I'm sure people are doing that right now. <laughs> As you say that, they're like, let me write that down. I got to reach out. Um, thank you so much for being on today. Thank it was so fun. such a pleasure chatting with you. Thank and I'm you. sure everybody is going to be reaching out really oh, soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you everyone so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. We love comments, so comment on this podcast and we may shout you out on our next episode. Join us next time and thanks for tuning in.